Hey guys, I'm glad you're joining us. I hope that uh, you had a great Christmas. More than likely, you're watching this the day after Christmas, and I hope that you had an awesome Christmas, um, ate all you wanted to eat, had a chance to be around some people you really love, either on Christmas or Christmas Eve. Uh, I hope you got a chance to check out Xmas at MCC. If you didn't, uh, you can go back on our website and you can find it and, and just celebrate this great, good message of of God's love for us, demonstrating him even coming after us like a baby. Uh, just this morning, I got an email from someone and they were just talking about the importance of the reminder of Christmas every single year. That that love, uh, you know, as the old songs would say, love is a verb, right? And uh, that Christmas is is a part of that verb of love for God, that he comes after us. And uh, so I hope you got a chance in whatever way it looks like for you to really be reminded of God's love for you. Today, we're this is our last Sunday in 2021, and we're kind of coming towards a close for the year. And uh, often, you know, our rhythm is that we, we kind of look back on the year and then we maybe make plans for the next year. And, and maybe some of that's been kind of thrown off since uh, 2020 and everything's been a little bit chaotic. But um, I, I wanted to give you some encouragement as you look back on this year and maybe some some practices that we can engage in as this year comes towards a close. And, and it really comes out of um, this, this story in 1 Samuel. And you probably don't know the story, uh, but you may know the hymn. There's a hymn, the Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And uh, David Crowder really repopularized the song about 20 years ago. And, and there's a part in the second verse where it says this really weird word that most people are really like totally unfamiliar with. He, he says, um, and, and we sing it because that's what we do, right? It's on the screen. We sing the words, whatever's written up there, we just sing it. And, and so he sings, here I raise my Ebenezer. We have no idea what that means. In fact, I think I think that's the same song that says "royal diadem," which another word where we're like, I don't I don't know what that means, but it sounds right and it sounds holy and it sounds good, and so we we sing it. But um, he, he says, "Here I raise my Ebenezer." Now, um, the word actually comes from a specific story in Scripture, and, and the word's only used three times in all Scripture. It's not a very common word. It's kind of an obscure story, and 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 it comes in a lull in the high points of the story we know of the nation of Israel. Uh, Saul's become king, and, uh, you know, Israel wanted a king. They wanted a king. They wanted a king. So God gives them a king, and, and, and they have Saul. And things are going well at this point. So things haven't gone sideways for Saul yet. This is before David and Goliath. Um, but they're doing what nations do, and they're at war often with neighboring nations. And one of the great consistent rivals is the Philistines. That's where we get eventually to the story of David and Goliath. And, and um, the, as a nation, they'd just won a battle against um, the Philistines. And, and you can really feel from the response of the people, what he says in 1 Samuel, that, that it must have been a battle they didn't expect to win. It, it must have been a battle that was, um, the odds were stacked against them, that that things turned in ways that they didn't expect. Maybe as 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 generals and those in charge stood back and watched and as movements happened maybe maybe it didn't roll out the way they expected and and maybe 2021 has has been that for you um 2020 kind of 
sideswiped all of us. It kind of just T-boned all of our lives. COVID and the politics and, and, and racial unrest and all these things that just for a lot of us, for a lot of us just kind of um, knocked us completely unexpectedly. And, and we spent the rest of 2020 just kind of in a daze trying to, trying to figure things out. But, but there was this sense for most of us that 2020 was hard and it was, it was uh, unexpected and there was a lot of things we had to learn about ourselves and about our nation and about how we navigate things. But 2021 was going to be the year that we kind of got our footing. And, and we figured things out and, and 2020 would just be a blip. And we would talk in years to come about, oh, you remember 2020, you know? And, but then that didn't happen. 2021 didn't begin to get any more settled. We could talk through things in, in our nation that happened in 2021 where it just didn't seem like things settled anymore. People got any more united with one another. There were just other issues that people fought over we all in our mind ha had anticipations expectations of what the world would look like in terms of our work and school and and public life and and when things would come back to 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 pre-pandemic normal and a lot of those things just never happened for us as a church there have been a, a lot of things that have just not returned back to the way that they were. And not just in the last year or two, our church is 160 years old, 1865 or 165 years old or whatever it is, 1865, 1856, sorry, 1856, this church began. And, and there have been a lot of seasons where things didn't go the way that they expected. In fact, there was one season, I think it was in the 50s or 60s and and um, the building that they met in was condemned. Imagine that's a season that, that they didn't expect. And it didn't look like things were going well. And, and there was times throughout our church history where there's been great division and, and fracturing in the church. And, and, and there'd just be a scattering, a little smattering of people left over. And, and I'm sure that at those points in times, after 100 years, 120 years, or even 75 years, they, they began to wonder, like, is this the end of it for us? Um, the, the people who came and settled this town... And, and started this church and started the university were all the same people that came from Monmouth, Illinois. Um, but the interesting thing is that this isn't where they initially came. They, they spent two years in a community that no longer exists called Bethel. It's about halfway towards Amity and then a little bit towards the east. There's still a Bethel, I think a Bethel Community Church or Bethel Church or something like that that sits out there. Um, but that's where they actually began they settled with some other people that were already there and uh and sickness just like continuous sickness ravaged them as a people and, and things weren't going the way that they expected they believed that god had called them to come here to come to oregon they didn't know where it's not like they picked out on a map and said oh hey we're gonna move to monmouth there was no town here there was nothing here it was just like a a small little hill in a flat valley and and uh and things weren't going the way that they expected but but then um as someone said the, the two greatest words in all of scripture you, if, if you remember nothing else remember this the two greatest words in all of scripture are this but god but god in the midst of the most 
uncertain seasons. But God. In the midst of travesty, in the midst of un, uh, uh, the unknown, in the midst of fear, but God, in the midst when, when it seems like the armies are kind of like surrounding you and coming down and this great army of your, uh, uh, of conflict in your life is, is pressing in and things aren't going the way that you thought that they were going to go. The hope that we have is those two words, but God. You see, um, the war wasn't going the way that they thought, the battle in Israel, but God, but God showed up and, and he did miraculous things. Then Samuel, he's, um, he's the high priest for the nation. He's the religious leader for the nation. And, and, and it says this, we'll start in Samuel seven, verse 11. The men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and struck them down as far as below Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shem and named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they did not come any more within the borders of Israel, and the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. He took a stone and he and he placed it and and he called it Ebenezer. The it, the the very literal translation of that means a stone of help. But he placed the stone and he told the people, "God has helped us this far." There, there's something really important in memorializing moments of God's faithfulness. It's not just this stone of Ebenezer. In fact, this practice happens all over. Uh, often in scripture, when God shows up and does miraculous things, think when, when the people of Israel crossed the Jordan River, what did they do? They took a stone for each one of the tribes and they built an altar so that they would remind themselves. And so that as they walked by and their children walked by and their children's children walked by, they'd see the 12 stones stacked up together as an altar before God. And then it would remind them that God was faithful, even when they didn't think that he could, even when, when everything seemed stacked against them, but God, God showed up and, and that they'd see this stone and they, and they tell the stories to their children of, and their children's children of, of God's faithfulness. And every single time later, Israel call, begins to call this, this, this valley that they're in, not just this stone structure that he builds, um, they call that Ebenezer, but they begin to call the whole valley the Valley of Ebenezer or Ebenezer Valley. That God has helped us this far. There, there's a there's a song um, that that we've sung before in some churches sing, and and it, and it says this. It says, um, uh, it says, you haven't failed me yet. And I know, I know, maybe you're one of those people that, that don't really like the fact that um, they, they leave that, that word yet there at the end because it seems to imply that, um, that, that he could, that at some point he could. But, but here's, 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 what, here's what the idea behind the song is and the idea behind the Ebenezer and, and the Lord has helped us this far is to say this. None of us can know the future. None of us can know what God's going to do or how he's going to show up. Faith is the reality that we don't know. That there are things in this world that we just don't have the capacity of understanding. There are things in the future that we just have no ability to know or comprehend. 
And the, the faith and the confidence we have to step into today and to walk in today is to say that in every regard, I have the capacity of knowing God has been faithful. That, that in every part of my life that, that, that he has not failed me yet, that, that there's no reason, uh, it says elsewhere in scripture, that there's, that there's not even a shadow of turning. There's not even a hint there's nothing in the story of Scripture, in the story of our lives, in the story of God walking with us that would even insinuate that there would even be a possibility that God would ever be anything but faithful. And our confidence is in that he has demonstrated over and over and over again that he'll be faithful, that he'll be faithful. There, 2022 is going to come. 2023 and 2024 after that, and the years are going to continue to tick on. And what those years are going to look like, none of us have any ability to know. We could speculate and we can try and guess, but just none of us are ever going to actually know. But to walk with a kind of boldness and confidence in the midst of uncertainty. You see, it's easy to follow God when everything seems to fall in place and things seem to happen in the way that you expect them because you feel like you can plan for things. But when the battle begins to turn, when, when chaos begins to break out, when uncertainty um, uh, begins to, to, to enliven itself in your life, the reason that we can walk with confidence is because we remind ourselves that God has helped us this far. That he has continually been faithful to us every step of the way, in moments, in seasons, in decades, in, in almost near lifetimes. There have been moments where it's, it's, it's felt like the battle's kind of crushing in and we, we go, God, what are you going to do? How's this going to work out? What's going to happen? Where, where, where are you at in this? But every single time, God continues to be faithful. If you remember back to when the Israelite people were crossing the Jordan, and they were coming into the promised land. And if you remember further back from that, before that, they'd spent 40 years in the wilderness. Before that, God had delivered them out of Egypt. He took them through the Red Sea and the plagues. And, and they come to the Jordan. And when they place those stones at the Jordan River, they're not just placing those stones to say that God has brought us through the Jordan. They're placing those stones to say that through generations, through decades, and through centuries, God has been faithful. That, that even when, when Joseph left uh, uh, up towards Israel and went down into Egypt and his whole family went down to Egypt, that God was faithful. Even while they were enslaved in Egypt, God was faithful. For hundreds of years, scripture says that, that God heard the cries of his people. But God, God showed up and did incredible things in Egypt and he leads them out into the wilderness and they spend 40 years in the wilderness and, and it brings them to this point of crossing through the Jordan and those stones stand there not just to remind them that God is the God who can stop rivers, that God is the God who can, who can, who can deliver them into the promised land, but God is the God who's faithful even in the wilderness and even when an army's bearing down on you. And even when you find yourself exploited and victimized as slaves in Egypt, that God has brought us this far. Now as a church, um, I'm, I'm here in the 
in the creepy long hallway. Just so you know, if you've never been in this hallway, I know you probably can't see the end of it. I'm not actually even at this end of the hall. There's still probably another 20 yards of, of hallway this direction. Because for me, for, for 2021, this has been another one of those reminders that God has brought us this far. For uh, We put these buildings, these, these modulars here, uh, about 15 or 16 years ago, and they worked great for us for a season. They were really beneficial in the way we did ministry and with staffing and with the size of the church. But um, since I became the lead pastor in 2012, um, the conversation we've had amongst leadership is that in a lot of ways, uh, these have just been a boat anchor for us. They, they've been an expense. They've been unnecessary. They have um, ha had massive amounts of maintenance that we've been unable to, uh, to to be able to get taken care of. They've they've been an increased liability. They've just been an increased monthly expense. And in fact, when COVID happened and we shut everything down, we did everything we could to cut our our expenses as much as possible. And one of the easiest um, decisions to make was we just shut this building down. We we sealed it up. Uh, for the spring and for the summer, we turned the power off to the building. There, there was nothing here. As the winter came, we had to turn it on to keep the pipes from freezing um, a little bit. But but just we just shut the whole building down, and and ministry continued and life continued. And, and there are these massive, huge buildings that even so, someone someone said, well, well, can't you just like have someone demo them? And even to demo them would have been tens of thousands of dollars. Um, but God. But God. Uh, on top of that, um, since 2003, 2001, we have had a mortgage. And, and at the point of time when the church took on the mortgage, um, things were up and to the right. The church was booming. There, there was incredible opportunity, and 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 um, and it was a, it was a cost we could bring on. At the time, the church was 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 a significantly pretty large church, and the cost of the mortgage was just a, a small percentage of the budget. But as as things changed, and we came into a different season of ministry, and things looked different, and we planted a church, and. Um, it became more and more of a weight for us. And it became a larger and larger percentage of our budget as facility costs just continue to rise. And, um, uh, and, and, and me and the elders, we, we had a lot of conversations for my first couple years about what we're gonna do about this mortgage because it was just, it was this massive weight around us financially. There was a season um, in, in 2014, I think it was 2013, where we ended up 45 days away from being foreclosed on. We were 45 days away from not having money to make even our late payments on our mortgage. And our mortgage company notified us that if we didn't make a payment within 45 days um, and keep up on things within 45 days, that they were going to begin foreclosure proceedings. But God. Even even in that season, our mortgage was like weighty and huge. I mean, it was uh, there. There was one year I think the worst it was. It was fifty four percent of our expenses for the year was paying for our facility, utility costs, some minor maintenance costs, um, 
uh, and, and, and our mortgage. And it was incredibly weighty on this church. Massive, it, it forced us to make decisions based on the, the weight of carrying the cost of this facility because of financial decisions, not because of missions and ministry decisions. And it seems, I mean, I'm pushing 10 years here as a lead pastor. It just seemed like there was just not going to be any resolution. It was just going to be something we we're going to have to deal with. Uh, I, the elders and I had conversations a lot of times. And one of the conversations we often had was, was you know, um, this whole building thing, we're just going to have to grow out of it. We're just going to have to grow as a church to a point where it's a non-issue. But that takes time and that's slow. And then 2020 came and just, and everything changed. And the cost of the facilities became that much more of a pressing issue again. And then last Christmas, I was in Missouri, as we as we do every year, and I got an email. I probably shouldn't have been on my work email, but I got an email. And it was from someone at the county, and they said, um, we'd like to meet you and us and one of the county commissioners because um, we got an idea we want to pitch to you and we want to know if you want to be on board with it. And so, you know, I sent an email back, said, hey, I'm on vacation right now, but I'll get back to you when I get back. And, and we got back and we met in January and and they said, we, we want to know if you'd be willing to let us rent out this whole facility. And we got these plans, we want to do this. And, and part of it is we want to bring in this childcare center and, and we want to want to put the most space of this building into a childcare center and then have some other services and stuff in there. And uh, I was like, I mean, there's a lot of obstacles this happened and this seems pretty unrealistic that this could actually happen in this building. Do you know the cost? Do you know what's gonna have to happen? Uh, do you know what it's gonna have to look like? And it just seemed kind of unrealistic and, and it did for reasons that are nobody's fault. It just kind of unraveled and it just didn't work out. And, and, and about a month or two later, um, Aaron, the, the head of Kids Central, the child care center that they actually wanted to bring in, reached out to me and said, hey, I know it's not going to work out with the, the, the county, but would you still be willing to let just us come in? And we started having conversations. And again, I mean, the, 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 the obstacles were big. Uh, the cost for them to do some internal renovation to get in was huge. Uh, th there were times where it seemed like we were we were super excited. In fact, at one point in time, we were hoping that they would be able to move the 4th of July weekend. And it just seemed like in March and April that things were chugging along and then all of a sudden everything comes to a screeching halt. And it seemed to be more complicated. And it seemed like maybe this isn't going to actually work out. And the summer came and nothing resolved itself. And And, and then we came towards the end of August. And uh, and Aaron and I had conversations again, and, and things were starting to, some details were figuring themselves out, and some money showed up for them, and some grants, and, and some conversations with the city were, were coming together, some things that we didn't think would, would be able to happen. And, and, and uh, um, engineers came in, and they had conversations. They looked at things and said, well, you know, we can't do this, but we can do this, and we can make this work. And... and uh, uh, and we can get all these things to come together. But then there was this massive problem of we had to have money to do some work to get some things to come in. 
And, and then I'm, I'm, I'm at a wedding and I'm talking to someone that, that, that I um, have met a year or two ago before, but only spent a couple days with them before. And, and I'm sharing with them about what's going on. And, you know, I said, you know, so we got to figure out how to come up with $60,000. And, and that was it. And, and I got back and I felt like, you know what? I need to email them and just make the ask. So I sent them an email, they live in California. I said, you know, hey, we had this conversation. We had to come up with $60,000. I don't know how we're gonna come up with $60,000. Would you and your wife pray about if God's gonna call you to do something in this? And they sent me an email back and said, you know, let, let, me, let me think about it and pray about it and talk about it with my wife and we'll pray together. And, and I thought that was a really polite way of saying, um, <laughs> that's a big ask, Sean. It's probably not gonna work out. And it just seemed like another one of those moments all year. It seemed like we were kind of toying with this idea that maybe this could work out. Maybe this could be a pathway to, to freeing us um, from this, this, this boat anchor so that we could really lean in and engage 100% as a church in ministry, in missions, in work in our community, in leveraging every resource we have to serve people and to love on our community, to proclaim the gospel. And it just seemed like another moment that it was not going to work out. And we were going to have to say, you know, we'd love for this to work, but, but we can't come up with the money to get our part done. And when I got an email from them, it took longer than I expected. It just continued to compound that I don't think this is going to happen. And, and uh, about two weeks later, they sent me an email said, um, we really think the church needed to have buy-in. So here's what we'll do. We'll match dollar for dollar up to half of it. We'll, we'll match dollar for dollar. The church has to come up with 30,000. If you come up with 30,000, we'll match the other 30,000. Just another one of those moments. But God, none of this would have been possible. But God, and now I stand in here and maybe you can see some little mess going on down the hall because things are already rolling forward. We've got teams in here doing work on our end of stuff. Uh, beginning January 1st, shortly after January 1st, Kids Central is going to begin to have contractors come in and volunteers come in and start doing work. And, and they're hoping that by um, June of this year that they're going to be fully moved in and, and signing a 10-year lease. And our hope is that somewhere between six and nine years from now, in part because of your generosity, but most importantly because uh, the, it's still true that in the midst of chaos and uncertainty and when, when everything seems to be against us, that it's still true, but God. But God shows up and God does things and God moves in miraculous and amazing ways. So, so here's, what, here's, what, here's what I want you to know. I, I, don't, I don't know what your 2021 has looked like. I know what it's looked like for us as a nation, as a community, and as a church. But I don't know what it's looked like. And maybe it's been great. Maybe it's been awesome. And there's so many things to be thankful for. And so many things to be excited about. But maybe it's just been another drag on. Maybe it's just been version 2 of 2020 for you in a lot of ways. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to this biblical practice of finding a stone. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be beautiful. In fact, I just grabbed this out of the plant around in front of our our building and to take this stone and maybe you've got a marker maybe you've got some paint to, to mark on this stone in some way maybe you just even want to take a screwdriver and just kind of like put an etch in it just a little chip out of it 
and place this somewhere. Probably not in your house, just because I think there needs to be something about the symbolism that it's a declaration to all of creation, not just in your living room. But maybe in your front yard, maybe on your porch, maybe out in your driveway, uh, to put this stone somewhere. So that every single time you would see this stone, it would remind you that this would be your Ebenezer stone. That God has brought us this far. Now it's not all finished. It's not all done. There's going to be a lot ahead for you and for me and for us as a church. There's going to be other moments where it seems like armies are, are surrounding us and things aren't going the way we expected. And who knows, maybe we experience another 2020. Maybe we experience another um, season of just absolute upheaval. Maybe this season goes on for a lot longer than we want. And there are moments where we feel like, like it's all going sideways. But then in those moments, we'd walk by our Ebenezer stone and that we'd remind ourselves that God has been faithful, always continually. And even though we don't know how, God will continue to be faithful today. He'll continue to be faithful tomorrow. He'll continue to be faithful into eternity because just as scripture says that there's not even a shadow there's not even a hint there's not even a possibility that God does anything but be faithful and good and maybe you'll get an opportunity with friends with children with nephews and nieces with neighborhood kids to, to see this stone sitting out there and maybe there's a word written on there or there's just a splattering of paint on there that is jabbed a carving out of it or something. And, and maybe one day you'll have the opportunity that they'll see that and they'll say, hey, what's, what's with the stone on your porch? And you'll be able to say, well, you remember? You remember that season? Remember when the Philistines were all coming and, and we seemed surrounded in a valley and it seemed hopeless and it seemed like everything was unraveling and, 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 and it seemed impossible. But God, and that stone stands there so that it might remind me every single day that my hope, my confidence, and my help alone comes in God. God uh, guys, I love you. I hope that, uh, that you have an opportunity this week to reflect on God's faithfulness and goodness to you over the last year and that we might lean in and trust and believe that even when it seems impossible, that God is faithful and he shows up and whatever that means 2020 brings for us, that this is the confidence that we have, that he will be faithful in all things.